friends! Welcome to Reading Minds, where ordinary people talk about extraordinary books. Today is our book club for August 2018, and this month, Shannon, Susie, and I read the timeless children's classic, The Wind in the Willows, by Kenneth Graham. It was fun to take a step back into our childhoods and read something for which we are not exactly the intended audience. So prepare for a lot of laughs, a little confusion, and an overall sense of enchantment. read The Wind in the Willows, which I picked out um, just because I wanted to read a children's book. And this is a one of those classics that I'd never have read before. And I don't think either of you have read it either until now, right? Mm-mm. Nope. Nada. Yep. So we all read it. Um, and since this is a children's book, we decided to drink one of our favorite childhood beverages. So I am drinking a Capri Sun. Um, more specifically, I'm drinking Roarin' Waters <sighs> Tropical Fruit. They changed the title on me. I haven't had this since, like, elementary school. It used to be called Tropical Fruit. It's not Tropical Punch, but it's exactly the same. That's all. Okay, Shannon, what are you drinking? I am drinking chocolate milk. Has calcium. It's nutritious. A lot of sugar. So it's perfect. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> Fun fact, I broke my arm three times when I was a child. I was very adventurous, I suppose, you could say. And I always said, because chocolate milk had calcium in it, that I had to drink it. So um, I used that as my excuse to drink lots of chocolate milk. I like that excuse. I will make any excuse I can to drink chocolate milk these days. <laughs> And once it hits fall, you know that chocolate milk's gonna be hot chocolate instead. Oh so. yeah. Yum. <laughs> I am drinking a childhood favorite called Purple Saurus Rex. It is a creation of my grandmother. <laughs> and it is a mixture of crystal lights, lemonade, and grape. And you put both of the packets in like Grape what? Huh? Like the grape flavor oh, of like crystal okay. light. And then, like, the lemonade of it, like, the powders, mm-hmm. like, you put it in the water. I think it's two quarts because it's two powder things, and you mix it all together. And all my cousins would fight, like, all the time about who got to mix it together. And mm-hmm. it's a staple at every family gathering. Like, my aunt had a party at her cottage last week, and there was an entire orange five-gallon thing of purple source. That's rice. awesome. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> so it's not only just my childhood favorite, we still it's drink it, like favorite. everyone, to this day. And if you want to make it happy at Purple Source Mix, um, you have vodka. <laughs> That's kind of like my drink from last month, where I had Kool-Aid and gin. <laughs> yes, yes. The best of both no, childhood ever do that, and adulthood. But, yeah, but it's so good. And it has a nice story. Yeah. <laughs> Memories. Okay, so we read The Wind in the Willows by Kenneth Graham, and it's kind of a hard book to summarize, but 
I'm going to attempt it a little bit. So this book follows the adventures of four different animals, mole, rat, toad, and badger. Um, it doesn't really have as much as far as a consistent plot except for Toad's story, and he's a little on the rebellious side, so that's very funny. Um, but each chapter kind of serves as an episode that deepens your understanding of each character and the world that they live in. Um, so it's a little more atmospheric rather than plot-driven. That was a good summary, Annie. Oh, thank That's you. so hard to summarize this book. Okay, so let's, or let's talk a little bit about what edition we read. Um, I read, again, the Barnes & Noble collectible edition because it's adorable. Um, I did find a couple typos in it, though, and that kind of bothered me. It was sad, so... Other than that, I liked it. There's pretty pictures. And Susie, did you read the same edition? Yeah. I'm reading the same edition, and yeah, I also noticed the typos, but one of my favorite pictures is when Toad <laughs> was escaping from prison. He was on the barge, and the caption just, like, cracks me up. It was like, Toad loses the soap for the 15th time. <laughs> it's like the caption to the picture. I like the one of him, he's in jail, and the caption is, oh, unhappy toad. <laughs> and he looks so, so dramatic and miserable. Yes, they cracked me up. You like, should show me time. because I didn't actually read that edition, so I did not get those pictures. And I'm kind of bummed now because they sound really funny. Um, so what edition did you read, Shannon? I read the... Um, 1993 Wordsworth Edition, limited. Yep. It's part of the Wordsworth Classics. And the funny, okay, the only thing I will say that bothers me about this book, because I didn't see any typos, so that's good, good but, um, I did not like the picture on the front cover. Like, it's really cute and all, I'll just describe it. It's all of the four animals that are, like, the main characters in the books, and the book, I should say, and they're all, <laughs> they just showed me the picture. That's hilarious. That's great. Um, so the picture on my book is all of these animals, so the rat, toad, mole, and badger riding in a motor car, which I'm like, that's dumb because it never actually happened in the book, and that was like a huge problem with Toad's character, which we'll get into, but was like his obsession with cars, <laughs> and they got into a lot of trouble. So I'm like, why in the world? Which you put on this cover of this book to, like, you know, summarize. It's, like, because, like, the cover's supposed to be, like, you know, at, like, emphasizing what the book is about. This makes no sense to me because it was, like, a huge issue. And it's all of them riding in a car together. I'm like, no, they never did that. And they were super against that, so I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, Susie's in mind, they're all on the boat. And that makes a lot more sense because the river yeah, is a big it does. part of <laughs> the book. Like, why? <laughs> Who thought that was did the person who decided yeah. that cover and not actually read this yeah. book? Because that's what it seems like. <laughs> Let's just draw them all in a car. Or someone was like, here, we want these four animals and there's a lot about cars. They just like gave them words, like important words that were like repeated in the book. And then he, he just Maybe. had like randomly Maybe come up with something. Maybe they just read through it and like the that's titles are like, they keep seeing the word motor car. They're like, what is with these motor cars? Let's make it the title. Let's make it the cover. That's what I want to know. Maybe I shouldn't care. Like, it's a cute picture. I'll give it that. But 
I mean, it just didn't happen. So it's not, it's dumb. It's unrealistic. So this picture is like the badger and the toad. It says long drawn sobs from the bosom of toad. That is the one thing (laughs) that made it for the typos is the quality of the captions on the pictures. That's, oh man, that's great. Yeah, because the only time I ever had pictures was like before each chapter, there'd be like a little illustration, but most of the time I like honestly couldn't really tell what was in the illustration. It just like looked like there was goblins in them every time. So I was like, where are these (laughs) goblins coming from? I don't know. It was weird. We had cute little things at like the end of chapters. Mm -hmm. So, like, that's, like, Toad pretending to be, like, the washerwoman. Oh, my gosh. That was hilarious. Like, little... Um, yeah. So, do you have a sentence? I do. Okay. I do, too. Susie, you um, go first. Yeah, my sentence was pretty simple because, like Annie said, this book is kind of hard to just capture in one spouse. Very true. Um, but I I said, Kenneth Graham's sparkling sentences in The Wind and the Willows paints a magnificent picture of life, extraordinary adventures, and the true ties of friendship. Mm. The reader is left enchanted. Aww. That's good. That was beautiful. <laughs> that was beautiful. I worked hard on that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's kind of what the whole book is. It's just like a big picture of life with these little animals in the woods mm-hmm. yeah yeah all right shannon Thanks. i so my sentence is so it was my attempt uh, to summarize what i felt like the book was sort of about but because it kind of starts out with mole i kind of went that track so my sentence is one mole's determination to break the mold and venture outside outside his sphere of influence led to one great adventure and three new friends. Aww. <laughs> My heart. My heart. <laughs> Can you say that like a movie announcer? No, that was really cute. But that's what I... Yes. That was so good. But I wanted to be like, one mole's great adventure. Also, I like how you said one mole, and then you said to break the mold. Yep, play on words there. I see you. (laughs) So, my sentence is, Animals enter turn-of-the-century England as wistful, dreamy, and adventure-filled characters that warm the heart far more than human characters ever could. That's precious. Aww. I had so many moments in this book of just like, um so first question and maybe the most important question whoa of these characters who is your spirit animal do you want to go first shannon <laughs> oh gosh okay i really <laughs> debated for a long time about this Me too this was not an easy decision for me because I feel like if I really tried, I could find something of myself in each one of these characters. Mm-hmm. But to just choose one of them as just me most of the time. Okay, I will say one character that I think I am and one character that I wish I was more like. We'll say that. Um, yeah. So I would say that my spirit animal is the rat 
which is interesting because I don't really like rats. <laughs> but this rat was adorable. And I think He's the reason. He's a good I, rat. I, yeah, he was. He was a good rat. I think the reason I felt like this rat related to me was because he liked to go on adventures out into the unknown. Like, he liked to go, you know, on the river and explore that and do different things like that. But he also liked being home and, like, being in the familiar and doing what he knew the best. And, like, he knew what he was good at and, like, he stuck to it and he wasn't trying to be someone he wasn't. And I appreciated that about himself. And he always loved to, like, see new friends and make new friends and have them over. I mean, I think Mole was, like, a permanent house guest at one point. Mm -hmm. So, like... (laughs) Yeah, he basically just lived there. Yeah. So I felt like that was pretty cool. And I I love to have people over and have, you know, parties and stuff and um, get together. So I felt like that was me um, to a T because I like to characters characterize myself as more of a homebody I love to travel I love going out you know out of my home but at the end of the day like this is where I want to be and I could not find myself being like the wandering rat that he met at that mm-hmm. one point who traveled like, all, the, all the time yeah yeah um, I couldn't rat. have done that so that's who I felt like I was most like and then who I want to be like would be badger because I felt like he was like the wisest of them all mm-hmm. and was like the kindest and the humblest and there was just so many qualities about him that I was like oh man I wish I was more like that (laughs) man Badger's doing it right he was the most sensible as well which I really appreciated so and I loved about Badger that he I think he was the rat's father's friend first Mm -hmm. or something like that so he's obviously a lot older than them but he's still their friend and I think that's adorable and he still respects them like you know how sometimes like you're not your parents' friend like some of your friends' parents will be like, "Oh, lovely little children!" Like in the house, and you're like 22. Um, mm-hmm. So I think it's cool that he's like, "No, I've like, I'm assuming like seeing you grow up, and now like, we're sort of peers." But they obviously mm-hmm. still renown Badger as well, and give him like the respect and authority that mm-hmm. he deserves. He was Toad's father's friend too. And okay, maybe that's who I'm thinking of. Oh, that might be it. Because of the, you know, whole secret passage thing and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, he, like I said, he just was, like, the one who was constantly um, at the group with, like, in the group with, like, all of the good ideas and just, like I said, the pillar of wisdom. And mm-hmm. if you read the book, you'll know what I'm talking about. So mm-hmm. Yeah. So, <laughs> Shannon and I have the same answers <laughs> but Interesting. I can say why I can That's say okay. why you're still a different person yes, I'm sure are. you have more things That's to say why I'm saying why <laughs> so I also um, chose the water rat um as like my spirit animal <laughs> and honestly like you know the first couple of chapters you know like mole comes out of his green spring cleaning he's like oh this is horrible whatever and he sees rat and he's like immediately drawn to him or whatever um i really like rat i was drawn to him really really quickly for two reasons one that he loves boats and water and like fishing and being on the water and i love all those things too and i really like that quote on the back of annie and i's book um that's like there's nothing absolutely nothing half so much worth doing as simply messing about in boats because I love it 
And, like, messing about in boats with my siblings is, like, one, a lot of my, and my family, like, the best memories I have. So I was like, yes, water rat. And then, um, I think I may have said this to Annie when we were in choir together, but I turned to you at one point and I was like, we're going to be friends. I just, like, yes. said That is it, something that know? has come out of your mouth. So, so I was just like, we're going to be friends. And I think water rat kind of did that with the mole. Just kind of like, we're going to be friends. Yeah. Come on, this great picnic adventure yeah. with me. Like, you have nothing else to do. Let's just be friends. And I've done that with some of my best friends I still have to this day. I have definitely, yes, Annie. Like, I've definitely just been like the, let's just, yeah. let's just be friends. And you know what's really so funny? I've... That you say yeah. that. Because I picked a mole as my <laughs> That's hilarious. Yes. I was going to pick that for you because one of my discussion questions I was thinking about was going to be, like, if you could pick the animal for, like, you two. Yeah. Or, like, and vice versa. And then yeah, I, I want to also... know that, too. Once you're done doing that, I want to know what okay. you would pick for each yeah, other. Yeah, what would you pick for yeah. each other? Oh, that's, that's interesting too. <laughs> that is <laughs> You're the toad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> let me talk about me first. <laughs> okay. Wait, so... wait, let me say one more thing. Okay. Okay, never mind. No, like, for the other animals, how Shannon was saying, how, like, she likes attributes of other animals. I really like how humble and, like, diligent the mole is, honestly. And, like, everyone is so freaking hospitable. We'll talk about that later. And then I... I Except for the weasels. Yeah. Mm. And then I love how the badger just seemed like this pillar of the community. Not only mm-hmm. the pillar of wisdom, the pillar of the community. And that's honestly what I want to aspire to be as, like, I grow up. Just be someone where people feel like, oh, we should go ask badger. Or, like, he'll mm-hmm. always take in people. He'll always have people over. Like, people just, like, respect him and are so drawn to him. And I'm like, that'd be super cool if I can become that kind of person. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like my mom's badger. Your mom yeah, is a badger, definitely. Yes, because your mom's mom. We love yes. her. <laughs> she is a badger. She is respectful and has so much authority, but is so humble. Mm-hmm. Like Shannon, your mother is amazing. Okay, but to Annie. <laughs> <laughs> so I picked mole. Um. Partly because of what Susie said about how the water rat just kind of took the mole in. And I tend to be adventurous, but only when I have another person to be with me or to be kind of as a guide. Because I feel like water rat was kind of a guide for mole. Um, Not that mole is like lesser or anything. Um, But just... Well, well, it's kind of like water rat is like in the community. And he was like, here, let's meet all these yeah. people. Yeah. yeah, and Mole lived underground, so he, like, came up and was like, oh, there's a river here. And then Water Rat just kind of came out and was like, hey, we're friends now, like <laughs> Susie said. And also, I really liked that Mole was very observant, and he was a very good listener to other people. He, I think he was the only person who sat down and asked Toad about his adventures, because everyone else was just trying to get Toad to stop talking about himself. But Mole was like hey, talk to me, and he did, and Mole sat there and listened to it and responded, and I thought that was great, and I, I would like to think that I do the same thing, <laughs> um, if that's not, you do. if that's not too vain of me to say, <laughs> um, no, you did it to me earlier, so. so, yeah, you're right, 
I listen. <laughs> um, also, like the last thing I have to say about Mole is that he is a homebody. And I know Shannon kind of talked about this with Rat a little bit. But Mole is a little more so. Um, because mm-hmm. there's a whole scene in the book where he's he smells his home when they're out adventuring. And he is very desperate to get home. And I sometimes get like that where I just want to be with the familiar things and be comforted by what I know. Um, so yeah, that's my animal, my spirit animal. I mean, yeah, that's why I was saying I have a little bit of everyone. Mm-hmm. I think we all have a little bit of toad in us. Definitely. I uh, know, but the end, he was really annoying me. None of us want to admit oh, yeah. it. But toad actually has his good qualities too. But yeah. But he's definitely the animal we all were like, no. <laughs> oh, I loved him. I'm not saying he wasn't funny. <laughs> I was just like, I'm like, you're you're doing all this to yourself. I thought he was hilarious. <laughs> I liked his little song. His little song about himself. Yeah. Oh, this song. The song is how I related to Toad in not a too good of way. Because I would definitely be like, the world is Susie. I am Toad. Like, you know, I I compose songs like little ditties, like, all the time. And not gonna lie, I have, like, in a non-humble way at all, been like, Susie is the best. (laughs) But in song form. I related to him how he's always changing what his hobbies are. And I feel like I just kind of jumped from... Mm -hmm thing to thing my whole life so I I really sympathize with that I don't think I was as crazy as he was or as bad at things as he was but I understood <laughs> so what do you think that I would be if you had to choose don't say toad I'll be really offended if you say toad no I don't think any of us are toad I think that I would choose rat for you and I would choose mole for you yeah I think you are both rats of different kinds. You are both rats. <laughs> that was a really gross sentence. <laughs> I feel like Shannon leans a little more towards the seafaring rat than Susie does. Because I feel like Susie's a little bit more of a homebody. Yeah, because that's like, my only thing is like, he always wanted to be home. Like, always, pretty much. Like, whenever they like, were in the middle of the wilderness, he's like, wait, gotta get home, Badger's mm-hmm. home, like. They were staying there, and he's like, I gotta get home, and and I liked being home, but I also mm-hmm. yearn to be outside of my home. That honestly ties into my theme a little bit, because I had just home as my theme. <laughs> um, and I think, I don't know, part of what made me love it so much is because I feel like there's so much children's literature that's out there that talks about going off and going to adventures, but there's not a whole lot of books that talk about coming back home and home being the most important and finding adventure where you are. And I really, really love that. I think one of my themes um, is companionship. Like, not just friendship, but just, Mm -hmm. like, companionship and community. Because you're right. Like, now that you mention it, there are tons of books that are like, leave the people you know and go and have an awesome adventure and meet new people and go to new places. But I liked just how, like, it was very capturing. Especially his writing. Like, Kenneth Graham's writing. Where, like, he Mm -hmm. would 
describe, yeah, he would describe these scenes or the creatures having these emotions and reactions and just like the picnic and little details like Mole delighted in unpacking the picnic and then he didn't like packing it up. Like I could totally see it in my head a hundred percent. And I was thinking as I read this book that there's always that question of like, if you're going to describe color to a blind person, how would you do it? And so many people can't do it. I feel like he could because you really, he just makes it so known. Like he conveys so well what he wants you to see and feel. Mm -hmm. And back to the whole like companionship thing. But I said before, hospitality. Oh my gosh. This makes me want to constantly have like a cheese tray ready and like invite people off the street to meet them or something like. Well, I'll come over now. Do. Come over. Because. I wish I could come. I know. Just come over. Just fly all the way here for a cheese tray. Well, just because. Thanks for the cheese. Bye. So my grandma, the same one that did the Purple Sword Effect, this book was kind of, I've never read it before, but reminded me a lot of like my grandparents and their generation because Mm -hmm. they would like she would always have food ready and she would never turn someone away for dinner or lunch or any like anything like my grandpa too like he would sit on the porch and just invite people into his house even if he didn't know them and this reminded me so much like of them like if I could Mm -hmm. pick a spirit animal for my grandparents it'd be badger (laughs) like but I just really liked it and I kind of want to revive that a little bit in my own life yeah like just being a really hospitable and thinking of guests and being prepared for whenever someone can come over because I love people and I love having people over and my spirit animal's wrecked so I should that (laughs) reminds me of the scene where um the field mice come caroling to mole's house and he's not ready but his friend helps him out so it does talk about, like, yeah. hospitality and friendship kind of interchangeably. Or not interchangeably, yeah. but they but go But it was combined because mm-hmm. it was at Mole's old house and he knew these people sort of or, like, knew that and they were exchanging stories. And Rat, like, it was cool how he was, like, wise enough to, like, take care of the guests and kind of let Mole just, like, do his thing. Mm-hmm. That's, like, a really true sign of friendship that I think takes mm-hmm. a long time to develop. Speaking of friendship, bum, bum, bum. <laughs> um, my I feel like my theme's gonna sound super general compared to those, but I was just seeing like a theme of like the true friendship of people because it was there was like so many different examples of friendship in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, not even necessarily between people who knew each other super well, but I mean, <laughs> there's just like so much from the good and bad aspects of being a mm-hmm. friend. It was a lot of the good stuff about, hey, like, let's do things, like, that are fun. Let's meet new people. Let's be hospitable. Let's have people over and enjoy food together. And then there was also, hey, let's, like, deal with uh, a friend who is kind of going wayward and, like, is kind of exhibiting some uh, interesting choices in his life that, you know, could lead to his ruin And because we care about him as his friends, like, we're going to talk to him and try to, like, reason with him to, you know, to show him that he's not, and I'm talking about Toad in case you didn't (laughs) pick that up. Um, It's always Toad. That, like, he's, he's not making the best choices and we care about him, so therefore, like, we want him not to fall 
and, you know, destroy himself, essentially. And so I felt like that was a common continuous theme throughout the book is just, like, the different kinds of friendship and, like, the different Mm -hmm. aspects and parts of that. Totally. I also loved how it talked about friends not always being people that you particularly like. And, again, talking about Toad. (laughs) Um, It was never assumed. Like, it was always assumed that they were friends, even though Toad showed, like, no sign of actually exhibiting the qualities of good friends. Like, obviously, he has his good traits, but it was never in question whether they were friends or not. And there was a lot about Toad that they had to help him take care of and a lot of bad things about him. But I think it was a really great message that your friends are just whoever's around, or your neighbor, I guess, is just whoever's around. And you need to act like a friend to everybody, even if you don't always like them. Because that's, that's real friendship. friendship. Yeah. And I mean, and even the, like the concept of like treating people how you want to be treated was super, super shown in, like, multiple different ways with, you know, like, with Mole and Rat staying up all night to go find, like, Otter's little boy. Portly. And and even, like, the jailer's jailer's, um, daughter, who was really, really nice to Toad, you know, and was constantly trying to make him feel better, even though, like, Toad was not the best Mm -hmm. company. Um, But, yeah, there was just, like, a lot of different examples of people being like showing like brotherly love mm-hmm. um i don't know it was cool i liked that yeah, a lot i think in today's society there's all those um movements of like paying it forward or like you know have someone be kind to you and then you be kind to someone else but it seemed like you know like the wind in the willows it was just like roven into society like people mm-hmm. were taught that like you were taught to treat people how you want to be treated and you're like just expected to have people I guess over and like like that I think it was funny that one time where Badger was like you're expected to have a ball or a banquet or something I don't know but mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I don't know it just seemed like a different society a different kind of world and that's still really present in many aspects today mm-hmm. but I think overall it's like it's shifting like it's a little different yeah I also think there's a theme today where it's okay to drop friends if they become unhealthy to you. And I'm not saying there's not a place for that, but I am saying I don't think that's, like, in the book. Like, I don't think they would have approved of that idea. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like, Toad was not a healthy friend, but they still stuck yeah. by him. Or it's only, like, you're only friends with people if it benefits you. Right. Whereas, like, really, like loving your neighbors as you want to be loved is sticking by people which is hard that's not easy Mm -hmm. like even when they're not benefiting you at all yeah and that's like the sign of like a true tale friendship is you know if you are both equally contributing to like your character growth as a person because I feel like so many times friendship centers on me and, like, what benefit, like, you guys kind of just said, like, what's good for me. But, in fact, it's it's supposed to be, like, a two-way thing where it's, like, you're both mm-hmm. set on, you know, like, benefiting each other by, like, sharing each other's knowledge, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So it's, I don't know, it's just 
very, very different than what we see often today. Yeah. <laughs> like Annie said. But, like, this, one of those, it was, like, inspiring in so many ways to make mm-hmm. you, yeah, like, try to be a better friend, to, like, inspire me to reach out to people who I don't necessarily, quote-unquote, want to be friends with, but I think need love. And, like, mm-hmm. to really, like, cherish, obviously, the really good friendships that I do have, which is you guys. <laughs> I don't know. I just really, I really <laughs> liked it. Yeah. I just really liked it. Yeah. Um, that kind of ties into my question a little bit. Um, since there obviously are so many different lessons we can take from this book, and because it's a children's book, so there's a lot of morals, and I think each chapter kind of presented a different moral, or at least different side of the moral. Um, so what is one lesson that we have not talked about <laughs> that you have taken from this book? <laughs> that we haven't talked about? Mm-hmm. I can go first. <laughs> Thank you. So mine is contentment. Um, so I'm mainly thinking of the seafaring rat chapter, where it was very enviable to Water Rat to see all of the adventures at the, um, what was it, Wander, Wayfarer, Wayfaring Rat? Wayfaring. Um, got to experience, but he was more happy to be at home, and that, like, spoke to me <laughs> personally. <laughs> so that's mine, contentment. Um, I would have to say there was a huge uh, moral lesson of, like, pride being your downfall (laughs) because of the toad. (laughs) He was, like, very sure of his driving abilities and, like, very confident that, like, he was the smartest, most best toad ever who ever lived. And countless times we see him, like, ending up in jail and, like his house is taken over by like weasels (laughs) and all this stuff and it's all because he had a big mouth could not shut up and he was um very 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 prideful and sure of himself and thought the world resisted or the world orbited around him so and it bit him in the butt several times it was not until the end, when he'd gone through all this, that he finally realized, like, after conversations with his friends, to convince him, like, he didn't still realize this, that, like, that was not true, and that, you know, everything's not about him. Mm-hmm. And to talk less about yeah. himself. So that's what I, that was the main thing I got from that. I think there's a lesson about overcoming your fears, in like Mm -hmm. many ways like there's obviously that one scene when they go into the wild woods and like you know rat goes and like finds mole and mole's like in the little hole or whatever and just like he like became more courageous when he saw rat but just like Mm -hmm. i think in a lot of ways like mole a little bit overcame i'm not sure if it's a fear but just he came out of his hole and saw the great world around him and i think that that could have stemmed a little bit of just like the safety and security of his home. Um, and I mean, you see that a lot in like many of the characters, just, I don't think Toad really had fear, but like (laughs) just kind of overcoming your hesitancies and then it like it paying off and just Mm -hmm. becoming comfortable with new things and it being awesome and rewarding. Yeah. I think you guys are fine with that question. (laughs) We're smart. 
You're very smart. <laughs> um, does, do you guys have questions that you would like to ask for discussion? My question is, so in one of the chapters, we have a scene where Toad, everything revolves really towards the end of the book. Everything's kind of about Toad. As he likes um, it. And his follies. But just this scene is kind of talking about how Badger and Rat and Mole all come together. And they're like, hey, Toad's getting out of hand. He's spending all his money. And then he just, cra- like, buying cars. And then he just crashes the car. And it, like, br- like it's, like, a waste of money. And he's just causing, you know, his family name and whatnot to come to ruin. And he's spending all of the money that his father set aside for him, you know. So, we like, we need to talk to him. And we need to, like, basically have an intervention to make him see reason and see that he is behaving extremely unwisely and stop to stop doing this and that he's really bad at driving cars so he should not be driving them. Um, so they do this and essentially they like lock him in his room and like stand watch because he like refuses to see reason. So my question based on that scene, how would you have handled that intervention differently? And, like, did you agree with how they handled it? Deep. Me? Okay. So, <laughs> Susie's pointing to me to answer. <laughs> um, so, I think the point of that whole, like, crazy punishment <laughs> is more <laughs> to speak to us about what kind or how much vigilance we should have when we have a friend who's going astray. Like, we should not want to leave their side. We should be with them through everything. Um, Obviously, maybe tying people... Didn't they tie him down to his bed? Is that a thing that happened? I didn't think they tied him down, but they definitely locked him in the room. They took shifts and, like, slept in the room with him. They basically tied him down. They mentally tied him down. So... They metaphorically yeah, maybe we shouldn't do that to our friends or to anybody. <laughs> but I think that the extent of what they did was good. Yeah. I that think, is my answer. I think if I would change anything, I may have talked to him not so, like, ganged up, but, like, more one-on-one, like, prior to this event. Like, have it be... That's what Badger did, though. Yeah, I guess that is true. Yeah, he already talked to him. He talked to him in, like, the hallway <laughs> or the wall, the room, and he was like, well, Badger... He, like, took him aside. You're so persuasive. Of course I would say yes. It's coming back to me now. So they did do that. Um, I don't know. I do agree with the fact that they dropped everything to be by their friend's side. Like, mm-hmm. that they moved in not sure how that would go down in today's society just to be like we're moving in with you i don't know i'm not sure what else i would change except yeah what annie said about not totally locking him up but it did seem like it's what he sort of needed because he was going through motor car withdrawal (laughs) like i don't know I don't know what else to add. Yeah. It got so dark, though, when he was like, you should call for yeah, a doctor. and a lawyer. You should call for a lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, obviously, like, at the end, we learned he was just trying to sneak out. But. I know. It had me very worried. 
I'm just, that's what I was thinking too. Like, there's a couple instances where I was like, what is this? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, throwing him in jail was pretty dark too. Like, this is going to take a dark turn for a children's story. Whoa. And <laughs> um, he escapes. <laughs> yeah. But maybe that's the point, though, because it's like, if it's targeted towards kids, maybe they're, like, mm-hmm. trying to get across, don't do this kind of behavior, because this is where you end Just up. Just dress up like a washerwoman, and you're set. <laughs> I know. That's true. <laughs> yep. Um, so, for this, I don't know. I kind of struggled with this, because obviously, like, what they did was a bit extreme. And you guys have kind of already touched on, like, how you would handle it better, and I agree with that. Um, I think the thing that I struggle with with this is, like, I almost feel like Toad had to fall um, to really realize, like, to really, some people I feel like have to, have to have, like, a fall before, like, they're ready to accept and, like, realize that they're wrong. And I, for me, I felt like the way they handled it about, like, standing guard and stuff and having the intervention. Like, I think they should have had an intervention for sure. But I almost feel like them doing that made him, like, more determined to, like, act out and escape and Hmm. do what he wanted to do because he didn't want his friends, like, dictating what he did. So I almost feel like that, like, instigated more of his behavior and not, like, necessarily prevented it. And I felt like, you know, like, his whole stint in jail, like, okay, yeah, like, that was bad. And then, like, he broke free, so it was like, okay, then he was back on top again. But I felt like he was really humbled once, you know, like, his friends basically helped him take his house back. Like, the whole time, like, they were even getting, you know, even on, like, their way to the house. And he kept, like, doing stupid things and almost giving them away and... Like, they're like, stop, we're leaving you behind if you don't stop. And he was, like, you know, feeling really bad about himself. I almost feel like something like that was necessary to get him out of the mindset he was in. Because he didn't, like, he the whole time they were doing the intervention, like, he didn't care about what they were saying. He just wanted to do what he wanted to do. So, I don't know. I'm, like, a firm believer of, like, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make a drink. Um, so, I don't know. Those are just my thoughts. I definitely think the intervention was necessary, but I don't know. It seemed like Toad wasn't going to get better from that. I guess one um, like discussion question I can think of right now is, like, what do you guys think of the character development of Toad and, like, the conclusion of the story? Because he goes from being his person to, like, during the banquet, he seems, mm-hmm. like, pretty changed, honestly. Um, so it's, like, are you guys expecting the conclusion of, like, this, like, civil war almost this battle it seemed to kind of not come out of nowhere but a little bit it like was pretty sudden okay and then what do you think about like the character development of all kind of all the characters because i think they all change mm-hmm. throughout the whole story yeah i think it just shows that when you have friends with all of these different kinds of personalities and people who aren't necessarily like you that you are going to affect each other and you're going to rub off on each other in different ways. And obviously for Toad, that was a good thing. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. I think yeah. when Toad mellowed and Mole mm-hmm. got like more confident, and even Badger came out yeah. Badger from his abode in the woods and came a part of the community... As like a yeah, real, like, like at the beginning of the book, Badger was just kind of in and out, and then all of a sudden he was just constant. 
when he realized Toad was in trouble. It, well, that's that's an interesting thing you posed because mm-hmm. in the beginning we're told from Rat that Badger doesn't really like company and he's not a super big people person. So basically, you're introvert, and mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. kind of what Annie just said—the fact that he did make an effort to come out when he was needed. I feel like is really telling of his character because it's not something that he prefers to do. It's not something that he likes to do, mm-hmm. but he did because he knew like he was needed. So I don't know. That's, that's something I guess for Badger for Toad. I don't know. Oh, Toad. <laughs> um, one of my favorite parts of the whole book was, I don't know. It was just all of Toad, but when he initially saw the motor car for the first time and he just couldn't do anything and he just sat there in the middle of the road he's like poop poop <laughs> <laughs> poop poop i was laughing yeah, oh i'm like since when do cars make that noise i just could imagine this this toad just like flopped out yes. in the middle of the road watching a car drive away and just mouthing yes poop poop <laughs> Uh, I know, I laughed out loud mm-hmm. pretty audibly, too. I'm just like, <laughs> what the heck? Which is why I like Kenneth Graham, and I'm like, what else did this man write? Because I love his writing and, like, his storytelling, and that you can and picture it so oh, clearly. Yeah. This, did yeah. you have a favorite part? Because since this is a kid's book, and there's a lot of different episodes, I feel like it's pretty easy to have a part that stands out in your head. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe not. Okay. Well, no. I I really liked the scene um, when, like, Mole, you know, smells his house, and then, like, Rat is walking too far away, and Mole has this, like, existential crisis. <laughs> like, can I go to the house, or can I leave my friend? And he has all these thoughts of, like, I can't leave my friend, I need to, I need to leave the house. And then, like, you know, he meets up with Rat, and they're walking, and he just, like, I, there's this, oh, how did he describe it? It was, like, this sob is, like, you know, threatening to break mm-hmm. from Mole for, like, but it seemed like several hours. And then it finally broke, and he told Rat everything. And I just love Rat's response, which is, like, mm-hmm. it's late, they haven't eaten, and he is not thinking of himself at all. And he's just, like let's go, let's go see your house, or whatever, and then the mm-hmm. whole thing with the caroler happens, but I, I remember just oh, reading that. It was beautiful. Just, yeah, it was beautiful, and also I just really liked the writing at that point, because I could completely see this mole, like, stifling sobs, and then it, like, coming out of him, or whatever, but it was beautiful, How and Rat and Mole just seemed to be this, like, great pair, and then they also mm-hmm. were, were friends with lots of other people, too. I just liked the evolution of their friendship throughout the whole mm-hmm. story. I really like that scene. I'm probably, like, cliche and dumb, but I liked the fight scene. Because <laughs> I just thought it was, I, like, yeah. all of them, you know? Like, I was rats, thinking that, like, too. Oh, gotta get the swords, gotta get the pistols, gotta get everything. <laughs> and Badger's like, I'm just gonna yes. use a stick, so I don't know why. I like when they're like, here's a belt, here's a belt, here's a belt, here's a belt, here's a pistol, here's a pistol, here's a pistol, here's a pistol. <laughs> you can totally see, like, a mouse just, like, scampering about yeah, like, yeah 
here's the sword, here's the sword, here's the sword, here's the sword, that they wrote out all of them. And I just liked, like, the, I just liked the visual of them, like, you know, tunneling under the ground through this, like, underground passageway and, like, popping up in the parlor and then, like, being like, bah! And, like, making them all freak out and scatter it. And I just thought it sounded hilarious. Also, the cute scene when, like, Mold told, acted like a washerwoman (laughs) and told all, like, the weasels or, like, the, the stouts or whatever that there was going to be, like, a big raid that night or something and, like, where it was going to be and stuff. And Toad was all jealous. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. And Mole was, like, becoming more um, brave at that point. And it was, like, yeah. cool. I liked that. Annie? I said poop poop. That was mine. Oh, that was your favorite? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Also, when Toad is the washerwoman and he comes across the other washerwoman, and just how quickly he came up with a whole backstory. Yes. It, it, I was dying. Oh. Shannon, yep. not that you would escape from prison or you would lie or anything, <laughs> but I kind of was like, Shannon would do this. She would just be like, my husband's at home. <laughs> sure. Like, his clothes need washed, and I left my poor baby toads, and they're so young, <laughs> they can't even watch themselves when I must go to my unwed daughter. I was thinking Shannon would do this. Thanks. I think what she's trying to say I'd, is I'd be You're, creative. No, that's situation. what I'm saying. You would be so yeah. creative, like, instantly. You would be like, I've been washing my whole life, but I have a cream remedy, so my hands don't look like it. Like, you would just immediately spin this, like, a crazy thought through and solid tale because you're smart and creative also how hard is it to freaking wash clothes toad (laughs) the caption oh no the soap gone for the 15th time (laughs) i just don't understand and i love the barge woman was like i could tell right away you've never washed anything your whole life (laughs) and like the fact that he kept calling her fat. I was like, was that necessary? Why? Anyway. It's but, supposed to be um, ironic because he doesn't think he's fat, but he's a toad. So obviously he's a little on the round side. <laughs> oh, man. Um, okay, I have a question. So that whole scene with, like, the piper and stuff. I was going to ask this. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? I... Did research. <laughs> Good. I was going to ask that. Just, I wanted to just be like, what? <laughs> okay. Yeah, I was kind of confused. It was very last minute research, but it's something. <laughs> so it's, the character is obviously modeled off of Pan, yeah. who's a Greek god, and he is a god of nature. Nature, and yeah. something it's interesting about him is his followers never went to a temple to worship him, and they all went outside instead yeah so i thought that was very important because this book is largely taking place outside um what else do i have so also the chapter that pan is in it talks about you know them being on holy ground because they're outside and it's also the dawn is breaking so i think he is just a representation of nature and the morning sun. Okay. That... Because they literally, like, knelt down and, like, worshipped. Mm-hmm. Because right. I think the author is trying to get across about how glorious 
the sunrise. Oh, see, yeah, I didn't have those pictures, so for me, it was just like I I had no idea what was yeah. going on. I found an even better picture <coughs> on the internet though, and it is like I gasped when I saw it, and I will link this in the description, but I will show you. That makes so much more sense. I was like, what the heck is going on? Yeah, because it's it's weird because you would think this old. Piper? Like, turn-of-the-century England would be, like, Christian, but there's this very pagan god. Like, what is happening? Yeah. But I think it's just Maybe he was nature. making the point that it's, like, the god of nature and these are the animals. Yeah. But I don't yeah, know. Yeah, and they have, like, their own system. Because, you know, it talks about animal etiquette and stuff like that. So yeah. they have their own way of life. So, of course, they would have their own mythology. I was definitely confused, though. When we got to that point, I was just like, what is happening? Yeah. And sometimes I, I, like, read some of the chapters at night before going to bed, so I'm like, maybe I'm just, like, really tired. <laughs> um, it's like when you, like, read a question that you're trying to answer in class, and you're like, wait, am I just, like, not comprehending what this is saying? Yeah. Like, what's going on? This is how I felt about the whole chapter. I was like, Cause did they, I just, like, not read this? Yeah, because they were like, they, they, then the two animals crouching into the earth bowed their heads and did worship. I did say, like, I would say, even though it was, like, a confusing chapter and I didn't really get what was going on, I did think that the descriptions were really pretty. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it was basically, like, the beauty of night and, like, mm-hmm. the beauty of nature mm-hmm. in the evening. And then, like, the sunrise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And something that's, like, not normally experienced because everyone's asleep. So it's, like, that they were experiencing it for the first time. So I liked that. But then I just, like, didn't get the whole piping thing. And I thought that was beautiful, they were, like, though, trance. how they were just drawn to the music. Yeah. I loved it. One more thing about descriptions in the story. I really liked the season change and how they, like, talked about, like, different season changes and, like, the differences and, like, the animal activity levels and stuff. And so, you know, Rat's like, why is everyone starting to think about leaving? Like, everything here is great. Yeah. Why would you ever want to leave? And just, like, hearing what the birds had to say about this is, like, why we leave. I really liked that a lot. I thought that was really Mm -hmm. an interesting way of putting it. Of course you liked the part about the birds. Well, there should have been a main (laughs) bird character on this. That's my only complaint. I was thinking of that, Shannon. I was like, Shannon, there's not enough birds for (laughs) Shannon in this book. If you could have a bird character, (laughs) what bird would live with these animals? Like, in this environment. Um, well, it seems like mainly because Rat and Toad were on the water, and Mole was just hanging out there. Badger was really the only one who was living in the forest. So it would seem like a duck would go pretty well with that crew. Ooh, a duck. And ducks are a fairly, like, loved child. I love that. Creature. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about the ratings that we gave the book. So... Susie, I don't actually know yours, so you go first, because you just finished yeah. the book yeah. today. I finished it, though. <laughs> um, I you think did. I'm I very would proud. give this book a four. We all love four. doing fours. Um, because mm-hmm. I think that it, like, added to my knowledge base as a person, and I was enchanted by it, and I really, really, really liked it a lot. Um... Is it, like, the best thing I've ever read in my entire life? No. But do I love it? Yes. So a four. And I am really excited to, like, read this, to, like, 
my baby brother when he grows up a little bit more. Oh, because I can't I think wait be, to make yes. my kids read it. <laughs> right? That's how I was thinking. So I think it would be an incredible book because there's so many morals and lessons and things that I would want to teach them mm-hmm. um, in this book. It would be an incredible, like, nighttime story journey that I could go through with my kids. The future kids, you know. Future kids. Yeah. Right. None of us have children. Yeah. Disclaimer. <laughs> yeah, disclaimer. <laughs> All right, um, Shannon. I gave it a four. Shocker. Man, like the one week, <laughs> like the one month, one of us gives a three. Oh my gosh, it's going to be like drama. Or a five. Yeah, it but if up. anyone ever gave like a three yeah. or low, it'd be like drama. Man, you really hated the book I picked out, didn't you? <laughs> I was kidding. <laughs> Yeah, they'd be yeah. like, a like, well, this sucks. <laughs> anyway, but, um, no, I said four because I, like, I mean, Susie kind of already said, it wasn't, like, the best book I ever read in my life. I really liked the book, though. I thought the writing was really good. I thought it was very, it's the kind of book you read and you can just picture fully what the writer's laying out there. There's not much that you have to really, like, figure out. Um, it's... It's just very beautiful writing, very well done. The only thing, the only like thing, the real reason I wouldn't give it a five is just because like there was just some scenes that I was just like confused about, and I feel like if your if your reader is ever confused, and it's probably not the clearest thing you've written, um, and maybe should be accompanied by things to make it more clear, like pictures, I mm, would think that would be very helpful. <laughs> That so, just means yeah, you read the wrong edition. I, but I think all editions should have to have pictures for this book anyway because it's like a kid's book. But that was my only thing was just like if I ever felt really confused, then I was like, uh, okay. But I still really yeah. liked it. So four stars. Mm-hmm. I, too, gave it four stars. So... Is this the fourth Whoa. book we've done? We are a four for four right now. <laughs> yep. All of us. <laughs> um, but I am faulting myself for that last star rather than the book. Because I think there's just been such a shift in culture that we need more of an active storyline. And the reason I gave it four was because I felt like it was dragging on a little bit because there were those really rich descriptions. Um and sometimes my mind would kind of go off on its own while I was reading those. Um, so I think if I was less of a product of modern culture, it would have been five stars. <laughs> but yeah. I am who I am. Um, but I do think it's really great, especially for children. I feel like they'll latch onto it maybe better than we as adults can. Mm-hmm. Um, because there are snippets of stories, and I think that that is more appealing to children than it is to us. Um, And also the vocabulary is great for learning readers because there are some really large words that are good to talk through and sound out and define um, and without really taking away from the story. I had to look up some words, not going to lie. There were some big ones. There were. Very impressive. Mm Mm-hmm. enjoyed our conversation on the wind and the willows we really enjoyed this book so wind or willow you read it 
Next month, Shannon picked for us to read The Murder of Roger Ackroyd by Agatha Christie. Shannon's been working her way through all of Agatha Christie's books for a while, and she wanted to introduce a book by the Queen of Crime to me and Susie, since I've not read this particular book, and Susie hasn't read many mysteries at all. If you have any thoughts or questions about our conversation today, or thoughts or questions in general, feel free to email us at readingmindspodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Well, we will talk to you soon. So until then, read away and enjoy this outtake from today's conversation. Bye, friends. the Pooh, but more urban. <laughs> Which is like where the clothes came in and the motor yeah. cars. Oh, yeah. And do you understand the sizing of these creatures? No. No. I was, I was so confused. Because, like, I was like, they're supposed to be animal sized, right? But then, but like, then they were passing like, off. Hall, I'm like, how big is Toad Hall? Yeah. And then the washerwoman. I'm like, that's an actual human. And Toad right? drives like, a car. Like a real car. Yes. And, and then drive. like also is on a horse. I'm just like, what's going on? And the toad is trying to like pass as the washerwoman and like he's talking to the train attendant and they're not like, no, you're a toad. They're like, <laughs> no, you don't have money. Like how is this not clear? And then they were like, oh, you're the same like height and like figure shape of the washerwoman. And I'm like, are these animals ginormous? Are they integrated in society? What is that terrifying? would it be to just walk down the street and see this life-size toad just walking <laughs> towards you? Terrified. Would be, um, I would be terrified. Especially with like a waistcoat. And then he steals my car. Try saying yeah, that to policemen. Excuse me, policemen. This, this toad. A toad? A toad um, stole my car? Someone took her into psych. It's crazy. But my thing is, if there was that big of toads, that means there are probably also spiders that big, and that would not be okay. Ugh. Ugh. No, thank you.